Well, why don't you stand and clap your hands unto the Lord and give God the biggest praise you've given him all night. Come on, you've danced and shouted. Why don't you take about 30 seconds and just put it all in just one moment. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. God is a great God, and I don't want him to pass me by. I want to be right in the middle of whatever God's doing. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Genesis chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse 10. While you're turning there, let me again say how honored I am to be here. I love and appreciate this church so much. And uh, it, it really does mean a lot to me uh, to be able to come to a little place in southwest Missouri and understand that there's some people that are just holding on to truth. And they're holding on to holiness and godliness and righteousness, and they're not backing up. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, times change, but God never changes. Amen. Give wonderful honor to the... Uh, the Samson family, I love and appreciate them so much. And the reason I love them so much is because they treat me like one of their own. I mean, I go in their house and drink out of the milk carton and all that. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I promise. I did. Um, but I feel like I'm at home enough that I could. And that's, that's what I, uh, I just, I love down-to-earth people and that are the same everywhere you meet them. And so I appreciate Brother and Sister Samson so much. They are some of my favorite. My brother-in-law left. He said, I think Sister Samson's one of my favorite song leaders now. And I said, I told you it was going to be like that. She's one of mine too. I love her, appreciate her. And of course, Brother uh, Caleb, who is my friend, I was picking at him, telling him I came for his mom and dad, but I might have came for him too. Uh, I love him, appreciate him, and his wonderful wife, and these kids that are making me feel old. Uh, and it's it's happening to me, Brother Samson. I'm only 30, but I'm looking at these kids that I was preaching when they were uh, in the primary class, and now they're on the platform. That's bothering me. Uh, I, I woke up one day and realized I'm getting fat and losing my hair, so I guess I'm not a young preacher no more. Uh, anyway, let's preach. I'm getting depressed. Jesus, help us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. There's this little statement right here that I want you to pay attention to. He said, whose seed is in itself. Upon the earth, and it was so, verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit, and it says it again, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. I want to preach to you tonight with your help and the help of the Lord for the next few moments, a simple thought that I have entitled Inside Out. Inside out. Anybody know what inside out means? Some of y'all might check your shirt. It might be, you get where I'm going. And let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Give you thanks. There's nobody like you. Lord, you are the first. You're the last. And you are the everlasting. You're the one who was, who is, and is to come. The Almighty. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to have your way in this house. 
Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, let it saturate us, let it change us, and let it challenge us. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time and give God one more big shout of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Genesis chapter 1 is filled with a redundant statement, and God said that it was good. Now we can read that and assume that God just looks at it and says that it is beautiful. It's a statement that Moses makes as he describes the beginning of the world and God steps back and looks at what he has created and he says, it is good. Out of nothing, God created this beautiful world that we live in and he said, it is good. But my question, and there, there is this approach that I take to scripture, I, I try my best not to question God, but I, I do like to understand God's ways. Now I understand God's ways are above us and God, God is on a whole other level than what we're on, uh, Elder Samson. But there are ways of God that he will let us understand his reasoning behind things. And so when I read scripture and I, I read something like, and God said it was good, I like to approach scripture with a simple approach and it is who, what, when, where, and why. Now we know the who, we know the when, we know the where, but the why. The why is simply for me is did, did God say that it was good because it was pleasant to see? Or was it good because it was creation? Was it, was it good because his idea had came into fruition? I mean, uh, let's be honest. We all love to see something be created and, and you pull up at the church site and there's just a bunch of two by four stacked on the ground. But by the end of the day, you got two or three walls up and you can stand back and say, that's good because you're seeing progress and we, we see it in the very beginning as God begins to talk about that it's good uh, and this is my opinion tonight and, and if you disagree, it's okay. It's not the first time you've been wrong so it just, you'll get over it. God bless you. But, but there is this moment that you have to understand that God did not just say that it is good because it was his creation. And we will get into this tonight as, as deep as we can uh, as, for as much time as we have. But I believe that God said that it was good because in this thing that he called good, he placed away his desire to bring about multiplication. We see in the very beginnings, we learn the nature of God, that God likes multiplication. The very blessing, the very first blessing in scripture is listed in Genesis chapter one and verse 22 as God spoke to the fish and the fowl and he said, go forth, be fruitful and multiply. And so we understand here that blessing is connected to multiplication. Say, preacher, that's very simple. I understand that. But you have to also understand that it's not man's idea for blessing to be connected to multiplication, but it was God's idea that blessing is connected to multiplication. And can I just park here for a moment and tell you that it is in the will of God that the, in the identity of the church there is a constant theme of multiplication. 
Oh, help me, Jesus. I am going to preach the pain off of this if God will help me here. I, I, I want you to understand that the idea of God, though, is different than our idea of multiplication. Why? Simply because when we learn how to multiply, we learn that five times zero is Woo, y'all ain't from McNary County like me. I'd have to take my shoes off to get that out. We learn that 100,000 times zero is simply because you can't multiply without an external digit to multiply by. So it doesn't matter if it's 100,000 or it's a million. But can I preach to you tonight that God does not see multiplication the way that we see multiplication. As God created the earth, he shows us his idea of multiplication. As he creates the trees and the Bible says uh, whose seed was in itself, creating a world of multiplication in what it doesn't matter what the external value of the world around it is. The seed is inside of the tree. So therefore, the tree does not multiply according to what's going on on the outside of the tree. The tree does not multiply according to the temperature of what's going on in the world around it. But the seed multiplies because there is something inside of the, of the tree that begins to cause it to multiply. Can I just tell you tonight uh, that God never intended uh, for the church to be a stagnant, singular, dimensional church. Uh, God called this church to multiply and to multiply from within. Uh, God don't let us be stagnant. Uh, God don't let us wait for the miracle to come from the outside uh, because the miracle comes from the inside out. Hallelujah. Can I, oh, let me just stop right here for a moment and tell you, you can't have revival out there if you're not having revival in here. You wanna win, you wanna win the tri-state or the four-state area? You gotta start having revival in here. They don't have revival out there until we start having revival in here. Because the way God ordained us to have revival is it starts inside and it works its way out. Hallelujah, we got a problem in Pentecost. Can we just be honest? We got a problem because we're always waiting for the miracle to come from without. And we're not the first people to have the problem. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that have this issue throughout scripture. They're, they're always looking for the miracle to come out uh, from, from some external source. The Bible tells us a story about this little woman that her husband has died and the debtors are coming and they're going to take her children. And so what does she do? She goes to the man of God and she tells him her issue. Preacher, I've come to church tonight uh, and I need a miracle to show up. Uh, they're coming to get my children tomorrow and if I don't get a miracle today, uh, I'm gonna lose my children tomorrow. But do you you know what the preacher does. He doesn't lay hands on her. He doesn't tell her listen, this is what you've got to do. He tells her what, he asks her a question. What do you have at your house? Because the miracle is not coming from the external source. The miracle is coming from what you already have. I'm preaching to somebody right now that keeps coming to church waiting on something to happen that's going to rattle your world. Can I tell you when you come to church, it's to connect what's already in side of you to something that is bigger than you. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. You
listen, I'm an evangelist, but you don't need some hotshot preacher to show up from out of state to have revival. This is an inside out revival. God said, I put it in you and I want you to let it out. Hallelujah. The oil was already in her house. The miracle was already in her house. The little widow woman came to church looking for a miracle. And God told, wanted her to tell him, what, what, what is it that you have? Not because he didn't already know. God knows everything. But God wanted to know, do I have access to what you have on the inside? Because if I have access to what you have, little is much when God is in it. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a lot of talent. You don't have to know a lot of people. All you have to do is let God have access to what you have. What do you have in your house that can contribute to revival? Baby, if all you know how to do is show up on a door and knock it and say, would you come to if all you know how to do is smile at somebody and tell them Jesus loves you let me tell you something that's inside out revival God said I'll take what you got and I'll press it down shake it together and I'll let it run over it's inside out revival hallelujah hallelujah that's what happened on the day of Pentecost just 120. Now listen, I, I, I don't know, I, I really am a nerd, I promise. I don't act like it, but I am one. I was reading something the other day, it was interesting to me. In, in Jewish tradition, you have to have 120 people inside of a community in order, to, in, in order to have a Sanhedrin. And so I believe that that's why God ordered it that was that it was 120 he said I, I started this thing as a community all together it was all set together but that's beside the point that's not what I'm preaching it's just one of those nerd things that keeps coming out but but God started this with 120 on the day of Pentecost and it was inside but there's something about the power of the Holy Ghost you can't keep it quiet you can't it started out as 120, uh, but by the time God got done on that day, about 3,000 souls uh, were added because God uh, took 120 people and turned them inside out. Uh, they walked in beat up. Uh, they walked in torn to shreds. Uh, they walked in talked about uh, and misunderstood, but they walked out with power. Uh, they walked out with authority. Uh, they when God turned them inside out, he shook the world. Stop, oh, I'm about to make somebody mad, but they'll get over it. Stop waiting on Brother Caleb to do it. Stop waiting on Elder Samson to do it. Stop waiting on the praise team to do it. Take what you got. Let God turn you inside out. Let God. Let God do something in you that starts bubbling up to, to where I must tell somebody about what God has done in my life. I can't keep it quiet. I can't hold it back. I gotta tell somebody. Hallelujah. Say, preacher, you putting, y'all got time? Okay, I'm just making sure. I, I, I mean, I have been known to preach too long, so forgive me. Just wanna make sure y'all are all right. 
Say, preacher, you're putting a whole lot of emphasis on the eye. Well, you see, that's, that's the whole deal, is you're insignificant. We talk about us a lot, but I'm insignificant. They, that's what makes God so big. See, you can't really understand how big God is till you understand how small you are. That's why David would write, when I consider the heavens, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the workmanship of thy head, what is man that thou art mindful of us? What is the son of man that thou hast visited him? You see, David had an understanding that I'm little, I don't matter, but I'm connected to a big God. I'm insignificant. Listen, if you're looking for greatness out of me, baby, you might as well look somewhere else. But I know a God that is big. I know a God that is strong. I know a God that is more than able to turn this city upside down with apostolic revival. I ain't nothing. When I was in Louisiana, we used to have this really sweet lady in the church. I'll be honest with you. She could move a service just with one testimony. And, and she would always stand up and make sure that God got the glory. And I, she had a comical way of doing it, but Sister Samson, she'd stand up and start talking about what God had used her to do. And she'd say, now listen, I'm just a roach. You can step on me, God gets the glory. Can I preach to you tonight? You're just a roach. We'll step on you and ain't nobody even gonna know you missing. God gets the glory. You take me out of this thing and the church is gonna keep on rolling. I don't matter, but I know a God that does. I'm just a normal man doing normal stuff, but I'm connected to an abnormal God. I'm just natural, but I'm connected to something that is supernatural. And when he filled me, he gave me power to be turned inside out. Just a normal, just a normal nine to five worker, but you got something powerful inside of you. Just another young person walking down the Walmart aisles, but you got something powerful inside of you. Just, just, just another man, just another lady that lives on your street, but what your neighbor don't know is there's something inside of you that God is trying to turn inside out and all the chaos that they're dealing with and all the dysfunction that they're dealing with can be changed in one moment when God takes just a normal somebody and picks them up and elevates them and turns them inside out. Difference between you and every other normal person is you got a big God and he knows how to take average and ordinary and make it powerful and make it anointing. I'm nothing but I'm connected to something that can heal broken hearts. I, I, listen, I can't fix you. I can't, I, I can't heal you, but I'm connected to a God that can heal you. I, I can't put your marriage back together again, but I'm connected to a God that can put your marriage back together again. That's why the book of Colossians uh, chapter one, verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm nothing, but I've got something in me that can change your world. 
I wish I had seven people that listen to what I'm preaching right now and say, I'm leaving this house tonight and I'm gonna let God turn me inside out. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside and when I leave tonight, every demon living on my street is gonna understand there's a God in me. There's a God that can save. The only hope of my dysfunctional world is if God takes little old me and turns me inside out. You wanna know why? It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. But let me just tell you something. That Christ that's in me is anything you need. Hallelujah, songwriters got it right. When they used to say something along the line, you can pretty much say God is and put anything there and it'll just fit. God is a bridge over troubled water. God is the doctor and the lawyer. God is friend when I'm friendless. God is hope when I'm hopeless. God is food when I'm hungry. God is water. He's medicine when I'm sick. He's money when I'm broke. He's a lawyer when I'm in the oh, when I'm in the courtroom. He's a cop that'll make a way out of no way. I'm telling you tonight about a God that's living inside of me, and He keeps on baking away. He keeps on healing. He keeps on delivering. He keeps on doing big things. The miracle, that's the introduction. I'm done with the announcements. The miracle happens when multiplication is birthed and brought out of you. There is not a more prime example than the man, King David, because David was just a little shepherd boy. David don't know how to lead a kingdom, but he knows how to lead sheep. Listen to me. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself right here, but just, just put this in your pocket for a little bit. God never pulls anything out of you the same way he puts it in you. He puts the shepherd in you to watch sheep, but by the time God gets done elevating you, you're leading kingdoms. So I don't know if I'll ever lead a kingdom. You'll show up on your job and you'll be the lowest paid worker. But when God gets done blessing you and making you the head and not the tail above and not beneath, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm preaching the gospel. And the gospel says, I, I would that you would prosper and be in hell even as your soul prospers. So you can show up broke, busted, and disgusted. But God puts something in you that can lead. God puts something in you that can be elevated and when he brings it out of you it's magnified it just starts as a cruise of oil but by the time God gets done Elder Samson it's 55 gallon drums of oil it just starts with just a little saint of God that was broken their life was a mess but God filled them with the Holy Ghost and by the time God gets done everybody in the city knows who they are and knows their testimony and knows how good God's been and know that God made a way out of nowhere I was telling Brother Zach and Sister Kira uh, what was that Saturday night 
story that happened to me recently during COVID 2020. Uh, I, 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 was talk, I was preaching for Pastor Bradley Smith in Dayton, Ohio, and I got a phone call from him. He said, we're just going to have to shut down revival. They're not, uh, Ohio was one of the more stricter Republican states, and he said, they're not letting anybody in here, and so we're just going to have to figure it out. I promise you, I know sooner hung up the phone. My phone started ringing. It was Pastor Jerry Rowley in Laurel, Mississippi, and I answered the phone. He said, listen, I'm just going to give you the short version, but he said, I need you to come. We're, we're going to have revival. We're starting back in service, uh, in-person services, and so we did, and two or three weeks goes by, and we hadn't had uh, any visitors. We've just been having a couple home folks and, 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 and stuff. You know, it was just good church. We were just having good church. But I'm going to tell you, you can get into a mode of good church and miss a miracle. I don't want to just have good church. Baby, if all you wanted to do is have good church, you could just sit down and, and, and just fold your hands and go to sleep and, and, and the choir could have sang and we could have left. But God sent me with a word for somebody tonight. He wants to turn you inside out. We started having good church and I, I started talking to God, Elder Samson. I said, God, some, something's got to give. We got to have revival. I, I, I don't like just having good church. And, and so one Sunday morning, God began to deal with me and this was a message that I would know uh, I, I, as I'm putting it together. I got up, I don't know, 5.30, 6 o'clock that Sunday morning and, and as I began to put this message together, I, I understood this was not a message for people that were in church. And I told the Lord, I said, God, I, I don't know why you're having me preach this because we ain't had no visitors, but I got to church that day and, and and, and, and when I got to church, I seen this very nice looking couple. They came in and I, well, I'm just gonna be honest with y'all, the first thought through my mind was fresh meat. I'm about to preach. I ain't had a visitor to preach to in six months, feels like. And so we started preaching. And I, I was preaching about the woman caught in the act of adultery. Little did I know that this man had stepped outside of his marriage with his wife and now this, this other woman was expecting his child. And, and, and so as you can imagine, it's kind of a problem. And, and it, it's a long story that I don't have time for. But during that service, that man came and he began to kneel at the altar and pray and cry. And God started putting his marriage back together again. And God started turning his life around. I'm telling you, I told that young man that day, I said, now you need to get back baptized in Jesus' name. He said, I don't want to get baptized today. And I almost hit him because I thought we ain't baptized nobody and we need to get somebody baptized. I was, I was frustrated. But he said, I'm coming back next Sunday and I'm going to get baptized next Sunday. Well, let me just tell you, he let God turn him inside out. Because he left that church that day after being filled and went to the highways and the byways and 70 people came the next Sunday to see him get baptized. Of the 70 people, 60 of them, 60 of them are still in the church today and that 60 connected to another 100 and just a matter of months, we had 160 people get the Holy Ghost because one man said, I'm new to this, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm gonna let God fill me and I'm gonna let him turn me inside out and I'm gonna change my city. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, let me tell you, when you let God 
when you let God turn you inside out, that young man, one of his best friends, owned the third largest construction company in the state of Mississippi. He was going to the local denominal church and he showed up. He said, I don't know what's going on, but if God changed Michael Wally, I've got to see what's going on. He came to church and when they put him, when they put Michael Wally in the baptistry, he started shucking boots and throwing his wallets out. He said, I got to get in that water too because I got to get some stuff off of me. I'm telling you, if you'll let God turn you inside out, you don't know who you'll change. I'm this little old me. So was David. But one soul can change 160. One soul can lead a kingdom if you'll let God turn you inside out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, I still got time. I want you to understand how this works. Likening God's people to the tree, you have to understand that, multi- that uh, revival doesn't just multiply just because the tree's a tree. Because the, the, the seed is not in the stump. You don't just grow a tree because it's a tree. Because you can come to church and look like a tree, walk like a tree, talk like a tree, but Jesus will show up and curse you because his issue is not that you're a tree. His issue is that you're not showing fruit. He looked at the fig tree and he said, listen, he cursed it. You want to know why? Because it had lost its ability to multiply because the seed is not in the limb. The seed is not in the leaf, but the seed is in the fruit. That's why he told the fish and the fowl, be fruitful, then you can multiply. You can't multiply until you're showing fruit. You want to walk around looking like you've been sucking on a lemon all week. I'm apostolic. I'm saved. I got the Holy Holy Ghost, but you ain't been showing fruit, baby. I don't want your I don't want your kind multiplying. God give us people that'll multiply, that'll worshipers. God give us people that'll multiply, that are full of joy. Uh, being fruitful don't mean you don't fight hell. Being fruitful don't mean you don't have bad days. See, some of you have bought into the lie that because hell is fighting you, that means that you're not fruitful. Can I preach to you tonight? That's the reason the devil is fighting you. It's the small fox that spoils the vine. How does he spoil the vine? He steals the fruit. So the devil doesn't want you being fruitful because he understands people are not attracted to you because you look like a stump. People are attracted to you because you're showing fruit. And if you're not showing fruit, you can't multiply. And so the devil wants to jump on your shoulder and tell you that you don't need to worship and you don't need to live for God and you don't need to have a good attitude when everything's going wrong because he doesn't want you to multiply. He understands that your multiplication is connected to the fact that I've been beat up, I've been chewed up, I've been talked about, I've been misunderstood, but I'm still fruitful. That's, oh Lord, how long I've been preaching. That's why Joseph can show up in Egypt as a slave and keep the faith because he knew God put a dream in me 
and my expected end won't happen until the dream comes out of me. And there's something interesting about this, this story is that, that every time Joseph begins an ascension, somebody takes his coat. When his brothers put him in the pit, what do they do? He goes to Potiphar's house and Potiphar begins to spin her lie. And what does she do? You know why? Because the devil thought that his coat was where his capabilities came from. Because my coat signifies my favor. My coat signifies my multiplication. But what the devil doesn't know is that the clothes didn't make the man. The man made the clothes. So you can take my coat, but you can't take my worship. You can take my coat, but you can't take my prayer life. You can take my coat, but you can't take my faith in God. You can take my coat, but you can't stop me from giving. You can take my coat, but you can't stop me from running. You can take my coat, but you can... Oh, I feel... Sister Samson, I think that's why with them old timers used to say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. It's because they understood. Take my coat, but I'm going to keep on praising. Take my coat, but I'm still favored. Take my coat, but I'm still anointed. Take my coat, but I still got power. Can I, can I just preach? Yes, sir. I know where I'm at tonight. That's why the devil can strip you down to nothing and you have to start over in a garage and you might feel like you're living in Potiphar's house, but he didn't take your coat, Sister Samson. He can't, he can't take what's on the inside. He might have stripped it down to nothing, but there, the devil doesn't understand this isn't an outside-in revival. This is an inside-out revival. I'm not having revival because of my coat. I'm having revival because of the God of my coat. I'm having revival because I got a God that does not look upon the man like everybody else does. Man looks upon the outside. Man looks on the coat. But God looked at David and said, I see what's in his heart, and I'm going to pull that out of it. Take my coat. You know what David does, or what Joseph does? His brothers take his coat, he go gets a new one. Because that's how we know Potiphar's wife took his coat. He had to get it from somewhere. It wasn't the same coat. Somebody ought to make up in their mind tonight, devil, you take everything I got, I'll go get more. You take my job, I'll get a better job. You take my car, I'll go get a better car. You take my house, God will put me in a better house. I might have to go to the pit. I might have to go into slavery. But I got something on the inside. And as long as I let it out, God's going to bless me. God's going to multiply me. Somebody about to get a new revelation 
that this thing that God gave you ain't got nothing to do with your outward victory and it ain't got nothing to do with your outward blessing and it ain't got nothing to do with what you got on the outside. I got what I got on the outside because of what God gave me on the inside. Is there some, can, can y'all put a scripture up there for me, brother? Is it possible? Could you put Genesis chapter 41 and verse 43? Now, y'all remember a few moments ago I told you that God never pulls it out of you the same way that it puts it in you? When you start reading about Joseph's dreams, what does Joseph dream? Joseph dreams that his brethren and his mother and his father are bowing down to him and worshiping him. But God doesn't pull it out of you the same way he put it in you. God doesn't multiply. That, that's not how God works. God doesn't just say, it, it's, it's the idea of the talents. God doesn't just give you five talents and then expect five talents back. God gives you five talents so that you can go get 10. Here it is. And he made him, him being Joseph, he being Pharaoh, and Pharaoh made Joseph to ride in the second chariot. I'm just gonna read it, see if y'all catch it. To ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Did you get it? When God gave him the dream, it was just him and his brethren and his mother and father. But when God pulled the dream out of him, it was the whole people of Egypt. You're not hearing me on Sunday night. See, there's some of you that your expectation is so low because when God gave you the dream, all you seen was your brethren and your mother and father bowing down. But you gotta understand, it's inside, multiply, outside. God did not give you the dream of that for it to just be that coming out. He says, I gave you a dream of your brethren and your mother and father. But when I pull the dream out of you, it's gonna be a whole nation that's bowing before you. And when Joseph begins to have children, he names, his, he names his children Ephraim and Manasseh. He says, Ephraim, I forgot the toll of my father's house. And then he said, Manasseh, and God has made me fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. Even in my affliction, he was saying, I want you to understand, honey, just because you're afflicted doesn't mean you stop being fruitful. Joseph was showing us if you want to multiply, you got to walk through hell and be fruitful in the affliction. That's why Job, Lord, I could preach this all night. I Y'all just get up here and act like we quitting. Job, Job can be sitting in ashes covered in balls and his wife walk up and say, Joe, why don't you just curse God and die? Woman, you speak like a foolish child. Because I understand my miracle is connected to my fruitfulness. And at the end, Bible says in Job chapter 42, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. So you thought the story was over just because you lost everything. You thought the story was over just because you lost the coat. You, you, you thought the story was over just because 
Well, I don't know how God can get any glory out of this. Here I am. I've lost everything. But Job had a revelation that you need to understand that my multiplication comes when I sit in ashes and I've been beat up and chewed up and everybody's turned their back against me. I feel like I'm the only one in my family living for God. I feel like I'm the only one on my job living for God. I feel like the only one in the church living for God. I'm by myself. I'm doing everything I know to do. But it feels like my world is coming to an end. But Job, this is not the end of the story. It's just time to turn the page and go to the next chapter. And the Lord bless the latter end of Job more than the former because Job figured out how to be fruitful in his affliction. Can I, can I have like two more minutes? Y'all, y'all stand up. If you don't, I'll preach all night. He said... In Genesis chapter 1, and I'm, I'm done, I promise. This is my third closing. But the Bible says that it was fruit after its own kind. Now, I know this is simple for some of y'all, but it's really, it's really profound to me. That means if you plant an apple tree, y'all ready for this? You're going to get apples. My Lord, write that down in your little book. If you plant a pear tree, you're going to get pears. Ready? If you plant a bitterness tree, he said it was fruit after its own kind. Don't plant bitterness and expect to grow blessings. Don't come to church and plant gossip and then expect to reap the blessings of the gospel. It's fruit after its own kind. It's inside out. If you want to have an inside out revival, fill yourself with joy. Fill yourself with the word of God. Fill yourself with worship. Fill yourself. Bible says, as you see the days approaching, he was talking about the end time. He said, when you start seeing the end time coming, he said, you strengthen yourself with songs, spiritual songs and hymns, melodies. He said, you want to know why? Because you get out what you put in. And you don't just get it this way that you... It's the law of the harvest. You plant a seed, you reap a stalk. It's inside out revival. I wonder if there's anybody right now that says, God, uh, let 2024, let from November 23 all the way through 24, 25 until your imminent return comes. Uh, let me be turned inside out. Uh, fill me up with so much joy uh, that it's bubbling out of me. Uh, fill me up with power so that it's bubbling out of me. Uh, let me show fruit after my own kind. I was, I was at a church recently, north, south, east, west of here, and uh, <coughs> I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the pastor's office, and the pastor was counseling, and I told him, I said, Elder, I'll, I'll step out. He said, No, I want you to sit in here. I said, Okay. And this lady came to church. And she was complaining because her new converts were causing chaos in her world. They wouldn't worship. 
They wouldn't show up for prayer. I'm talking about this lady was teaching about 10 Bible studies. Couldn't get them early to prayer. Couldn't get them. And the pastor made the mistake, Sister Samson, of asking me, well, Brother Phillips, do you have anything to say? I said, you know what? I do. Matter of fact, I ain't seen her worship one time. I ain't seen her at prayer meeting one time. It's fruit after its own kind. That, let, 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 let me just help you. That means if you don't want people coming to church and causing chaos in your world, don't come to church and cause chaos. If you want your neighbor to be a worshiper, I, I, I know this is elementary, but be a worshiper. If you want to pray in church, then be a prayer warrior. If you want a church that understands the word of God, then be a Bible reader. Inside, out, God, give this church the kind of revival that we've been praying for. But let it start with every individual. I'm going to say it again. God, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Start with me. If you're going to bless, start blessing me. If you're going to heal, start by healing me. And then turn me inside out. Come on, somebody make some Holy Ghost noise and say, God, turn me inside out. They're gonna sing. I wish you'd give the God the kind of praise that you want your neighbors to come and give God praise. I wish you'd give God the kind of praise that you want your lost family to come and give God praise.